You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Okay, so here's the thing. Chris, I've been wishing people Merry Christmas ever since uh, Thanksgiving was over, pretty much, okay? And, you know, I've had some people tell me, it's not Christmas. It's a, but it's the Christmas season, right? It's the Christmas season, and, and uh, you know, people are different at Christmas, right? Now, now, listen, I know if you work retail, I know you've got a totally different attitude about the way people act, okay? But otherwise, I mean, we act a little different. We give a little bit better, you know? We treat one another a little bit better. We do, you know, and that is way too good of a, of a thing for us to try to squeeze it into 24 days, uh, 24 hours. Let's make this a season. It is a season. And so, so you know, Christmas is it's about an anticipation, you know. That, that's what it's about to me. It's, it's about, you know, that, that's the way the, the Jews were. You know, Isaiah spoke the prophecy, and we'll go through some of that in a little, a little later real quickly. But for 700 years, they anticipated that Christ was coming. And they were looking for that. Mary, she was anticipating that Jesus would be born. All these things were anticipating. Now you and I, we're anticipating that Christmas is happening. And it's, it's so impacting our lives even right now, this moment. Wow, what an awesome, awesome thing it is. And Christmas lights. I mean, that's, I, I remember, you all remember the episode of um, Andy Griffiths? And you all remember Andy Griffiths? Uh, old black and whites, you know. Uh, back 1963, I think, was this episode is the Christmas episode. It was the first place I I think maybe I ever really saw people, you know, really anticipate on TV, people anticipate, you know, turning on the Christmas lights for the first time. You know, and they had one that was, one of the bulbs that was loose, you know, and back in those days they were all screwing bulbs. So they had to find that one. Then they did, and and then they said, okay, everybody ready, and they turned off the lights, and they turned them on, and and everybody went, ooh and ah, and you ought to look at it sometimes. Like, you could barely even tell (laughs) that the lights are on because it's black and white. I mean, you really can't even tell, but, you know, we're supposed to ooh and ah about all that because, you know, we you know, anticipate that kind of thing. And, uh, but then I thought about another time. Uh, this was in a movie. Y'all, y'all ever seen the movie Home Alone? Okay. Now, you know Harry and Marv, right? Now, they're the crooks. They're the bad guys. But they are anticipating. You remember, before they start breaking into the house, they're sitting in their van, and, and Harry says to Marv, every one of these houses that are empty, the people are out of town, they have their lights on automatic timers. And I've figured it out, Marv. I figured it out. Watch this. Watch this. And he says, uh, 664, the lights are going to come on right now. And then they come on. And then he says, and he says wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and uh, he said, house 672. He says, it's going to come on right now. And they come on. He said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, house 671, they're going to come on right now. They come on. And he says, Marv, that's it. That's the silver tuna. That's that's the one that they break into. And so, you know, I thought about, I thought about how even they were anticipating the lights, but for the wrong reasons, you know. But we do that sometimes too, don't we? Don't we anticipate Christmas for the wrong reasons sometimes about what we can get? Man, that's why I'm, I just want to brag on you just so much today, just how you've already turned Christmas into being about somebody else through all these these opportunities that we've had to give. You know, and I, I just appreciate you and all that because sometimes we do we do have it wrong or backwards, but I think if you were to think of the 
quintessential, the, the, the most popular, or the one that you would think, what is the one you think of, of all TV shows, of all movies, whatever, of someone anticipating turning on Christmas lights, what would it be? Vacation. Christmas vacation, right? Clark Griswold has got, anybody know how many strands of lights? 250 strands of lights, and how many on each strand? 100. That's 25,000 lights that he has strung all over his house. I mean, he's got a blanket all over his house. Remember when they finally come on? You remember they have to, they have to bump up the nuclear energy? Remember that one, right? You know, so he gets all the family out here, and uh, some of you aren't Christmas vacation fans. I'll have to explain just a little bit here, right? Okay, so they stand in the yard. It's freezing cold. You know, it's because it's not Alabama at Christmas time, okay? So they're all freezing cold. There's snow on the ground. And he's, you know, and so he, he kind of speaks this little thing real quick, you know, and, and then he says, drum roll, please. And he has to ask twice, but then the wife, she starts, and then the kids, they join in, and his parents and, and even his in-laws, they're all there standing there freezing, but they're all giving him a drum roll, you know, you know, and then he sings the first line of joy to the world, and nothing happens. Just, just, just like just then, you know, nothing happened, you know, and, and nothing happens, you know, and uh, and so then, you know, he 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 checks all twenty five thousand lights, and uh, for those of you who don't know, then his wife figures out that he has plugged it into a plug that it operates on a switch, and the switch has been turned off. So she she ends up turning it on, and now everything is fine, and all of that. The anticipation. I mean, that's 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 what it's like. Just just these these next three weeks. Man, drink it all in. Take advantage of all of it. All of this goodness, and, and, and the world may not see this and understand it, but all of this goodness that you and I experience and, and that we embrace, this is because of Christmas and the reason for Jesus Christ. That's what it is. So embrace it. This is a good thing. If people treat one another well, it's a good thing. So, so embrace that, enjoy that, and and and, and seeing the lights. I mean, you know, does does anybody load up the grandkids and drive around? I mean, I know I've seen some of you, you know, post uh, post on social media. Where's a good place to go look at Christmas lights? Right? We like to see the light. Why do we like to see the lights? Okay. So, first question this morning: Why do, why do we like to see the lights? Here, here here's the reason we like to see the lights is because. You ever been in a dark place? Have you ever been driving down a remote stretch of road and there's not a light anywhere in sight? Not a street light, not a porch light. The only lights anywhere around are those two on the front of your car. You ever been doing that? I've, man, I've done that. It's like, it's, it's kind of a scary thing, you know, if you say, and, and especially, you know, back in those days, back before GPS, you know, because even when GPS first came out, you remember how sometimes uh, you'd be right in the middle of the road and she'd tell you, please return to a main road, you know, and you're right in the middle of the road, right? But it's, or it's taking you to the wrong place and you're thinking, oh no, she's leading me down somewhere and there is somebody at the end of this road that is waiting on me to get me or whatever, right? And there ain't no lights in there. And when you see that first porch light, you think, I'm finally coming into some civilization, you know? You know, or you see street lights and, and it's a good thing to see the light when you're in a place of darkness. And in the middle, dead middle of winter, like those times of darkness in our lives, it's good to see the lights. You know, when, when we're in those times of darkness in our life, it is good to see the lights. And uh, specifically, one light. 
that maybe you're the reflection of but this one light. Let's read about that one light. John chapter 1, beginning the very first verse of this, this whole book, says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, we're talking about Jesus, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that through him, through this testimony from John, people might believe. And he himself was not the light. John wasn't the light. But he came to testify about the light. The true light who gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Praise God. Children born not of blood, nor of the desire or will of man, but born of God. Amen. And that's the light that is so good for us to see when we're walking in darkness. Now, maybe... maybe that doesn't impress you yet. Maybe that doesn't, doesn't impact you yet. Then let's dig into this just a little bit. Why is it we need to see the light? Why is it we want to see the light? What is it about seeing the light? Well, the second part of my answer here is that when dealing with real darkness, such as pain, loss, regret, baggage, and let me also throw in there spiritual warfare, when we are dealing with real darkness, we don't just... Won't see light. We need to see the light. When we're dealing with real darkness, we need to see the light. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Um, I wish, uh, you know, I, w I wish we could just uh, pause my timer here for a moment. I, I got to throw something into my sermon here, that is not in, not in my notes, whatever, but just something, something this morning that uh, that I saw just just challenged me again. That I saw on the news. I, I normally check the news on Sunday morning just to make sure. You know, not in some big tragedy hasn't happened that I don't know about, and I get here this morning and you know don't know. So I always check the news on Sunday mornings if I, if I can. I saw something this morning that really challenged me, and and um, and it's something that's been on my mind for a while, and and, and and I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to throw this into a sermon. I I I don't want to share this. You know, you don't want to share this. We don't, we don't want to talk about these things. But some of us walk around like we're living in a big, beautiful world and nothing is wrong and there's not any darkness. No, we live in a dark world. The, what we were, the scriptures we just read, why that was impactful to them was because the world was reeling. And it still is today. You and I live in a dark place, a dark world. And, and, and I know some, sometimes we... We act like because we live in North Jefferson County, we're protected. We don't live in Birmingham. We don't live in the city limits of Birmingham. We don't live on, uh, along the I-20 corridor, one of the major places of, of human trafficking in our country. Did, did, did you know that? It was right there. You know, and we, we, don't, we don't live in those places. We live in Gardendale, Fultondale, Morris, Kimberly, Warrior, Hayden. We, we, we live way up here as if, that protects us from all of all of the evil and all of the you know and again I, I don't we don't want to talk about this stuff but we act like sometimes that we're we're in, it's because we're in a remote place or something we're all protected but I don't know if you saw if you saw the story this week of the little girl that was abducted seven years old that was abducted and killed 
And if you, if you didn't see it, you need to see the picture and see how remote they lived. And I heard, a, I heard a, an FBI agent this morning on the news say, Here, here's, here's one of the problems. Stranger danger has become even worse because we are inviting more strangers to our house than ever before because of all the deliveries that we're having. Now, I'm not, not saying everybody driving a UPS truck is somebody that you need to be suspicious of, but I'm saying a lot of us are acting like you know, everything's fine and we don't need to worry. We don't need to, we don't need to care. And, and you know, and, and, and if I, I, I sometimes see women or, and men, parents, jumping out of their car with the car still running and kids still in it at service station. You know, what I do is I'm, I stand there and wait for them to come back out, you know, because it's happening. I mean, it's happening right here around us. Abductions are taking place right here around us. And, and, uh, and you know, and I've been wanting to say something to you about this for a while but I thought this is our opportunity because I, I think some of us need to wake up and realize we live in a dark world we live in a world that has sin we live in a world that and, and the people that we would never imagine these things could ever happen to or through they're happening because of the sin and the darkness that is in this world there are people at work that are walking through and and, and we act like it, you know, well, not, in, not in our neighborhoods and not in, not in our uh, parking lots, but yes, in our parking lots, it's happening. All along I-65, anywhere along that, I mean, it's just an easy place for someone to get off, commit a crime, jump back on and be gone. And it's not your neighbors. You say, but I know my neighbors. It's not your neighbors. It's people coming from other places, other states, and, and maybe sometimes it is someone down the street, but many times it's someone from another area coming in, and this is an easy, this is an easy mark because nobody is paying attention. Listen. Let me tell you why I'm saying this today is because darkness thrives in the shadows. And whenever you're not watching, that's when darkness thrives. When you're not paying attention to your own spirituality, that's when darkness begins to creep in. When, when you're not paying attention to your own personal protection of you and your family, that's, that's where darkness creeps in. And so what we've got to do is we, and listen, we don't, we don't want to talk about these things on Sunday morning. We don't want to talk about these things to our kids. I don't want to have to talk about these things to my grandkids. We don't want to do that, but we have to be real about this, is that darkness thrives, I mean, evil thrives in darkness. And the only solution for darkness is what? <laughs> Light. Nothing else fixes it. You can't throw a million dollars at it and get rid of the darkness. It's only light. It's the only thing, is the, on, the only thing that cures darkness. So let me ask you, Pain, loss, regret, not going there just yet, but okay. Pain, loss, I gave, them, uh, I gave them a point. They thought I was going there. I'm sorry. Pain, loss, regret, and baggage. Let me ask you, take just a moment right here. I want you to name your darkness. The darkness that's in your life, the darkness that attacks you, the darkness that, that every time you feel like you're getting somewhere with God, oh, finally there's peace, and then the darkness tries to creep in. I want you to name, I want you to name it. What is it? What is it? Say it. You know, because like I said, that dark, uh, evil thrives in darkness. So you need to name where that darkness keeps trying to come into your life, where it tries to slip into your marriage, where it tries to come into your, your, your physical health or whatever. Name it. Name that place of darkness that keeps trying to overtake you. I want you to name it because, because I'm going to say something here in just a moment. So I want you to name where is that place of darkness? Because I want to say something to you about that place. But uh, you've got to name it. You got it? You said it? 
You said it in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. But if you said it in your heart, then hear it. Now, I'm sorry, Beverly. Now, because the light gives us hope. Let me, let's read the scripture right here. Matthew 24, 35. Jesus said this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know what that means? Okay, but that, that's about his words. No, 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 listen, listen. The important thing right here is he's saying heaven and earth will pass away. You know what that means? Everything you see, everything you touch, everything that is touching you right now, even that thing that you just named that is your dark place, that thing that just keeps coming in and trying to take you, everything in this world has an end. And you may be going down this long, dark tunnel and feel like your life is just in a long, dark tunnel, but there is a light at the end of your tunnel, and his name is Jesus Christ. And everything that you're dealing with has an end. Some things are going to end in a few days, some in a few months or years, and some are not going to end until that day he's talking about right there. But everything we deal with has an end. And so the light gives us hope to know so we see that little bit of light. And I like how he does that for us. Oh, man, there have been so many times in my life where I've just been overcome by, if we want to use the terms light and dark, I've been overcome, overwhelmed with the darkness that continues to try to surround me and pull me down. And just reaching up to God and, and, and just feeling in my spirit that it's not time yet. He, 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 can't, he can't deliver me from this darkness yet. It's not that time. But then what he'll do is like he'll turn that little light on way down at the end of the tunnel. Just let me know I'm headed in the right direction. And that he's still there and that he's already got the light burning. And all, all I need to do is I just need to get through this tunnel as quick as I can. And it makes me want to run to him. It makes me want to hurry to him. When I see the light, it gives me hope and it makes me want to hurry through whatever this is, learn my lessons if he's teaching me something, and get to that just as fast as I can because now I can see. The light gives us hope. So we've got some choices to make, Right? Got some choices to make. Okay, so here are a couple of our choices. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Oh, there's, there's some choices right here. There, uh, I believe this points out two choices that we have to make. Okay, the first one is you can either see darkness or you can see light. You can choose. I mean, I mean we talk about it like focus, right? You can either focus on the bad or you can focus on the good. You can either focus on the problems you've got or you can focus on the problem solver. I've heard it preached, you know, about, about uh, Simon Peter when he uh, walked on the, on the waves with Jesus, you know, that he got focused on the waves instead of focusing on the one who was walking on top of the waves. You know, and so you can focus, and that's what you've got to make a, a decision. Do you want to see darkness or do you want to see light? And, and I'm not talking necessarily about just the darkness out there in the world that I brought your attention to this morning. But I'm talking about in your personal life. Because it's a, it's a whole lot easier for me to focus on the bad. I don't know. I think it's just human nature. It's easy for me to focus on what didn't go right. I mean, I, I watch, I watch a, a, a sporting event, baseball game, football game or something, and, you know, and we focus on the errors, right? I mean, do you ever watch a baseball game? You know, what do they keep track of, right? You know, runs, hits, and errors. You know, they don't, talk, they don't keep up with runs, hits, errors. They don't keep up with all the other good things, the great plays. They keep up with the errors, you know? And it's like we do that. It's like we focus on the dark. We focus on the shadows. We focus on, I mean, the times that, that God maybe didn't do things the way exactly we wanted him to do them, right? But how many other times has he, has he met the need, met the need, met the need, showed up, given us the miracle, uh, answered, the, answered the request, given us the solution to our problems, and, and just over and over and over. But one time God doesn't do it exactly like we ask him to do it, and we just lose it all, and we focus on this problem in our life. You've got a choice to make. 
You want to look at the darkness or you want to look at the light? Because the other choice you've got to make is that the first part of that verse that those who walked in darkness, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. What happens if you're walking in darkness, uh, like, you know, uh, we now leave a light on here in this room uh, all, all the time. 24-7 there's a light on in this room because, uh, because some of us have walked through this room in the dark and taken out a couple rows of chairs, you know, on our way through, right? But if you're walking through in the dark in this room and somebody flips on the light, you're not walking in darkness anymore. Those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. So if you're seeing the light, you're not in darkness anymore. So you, do, you don't have to walk in darkness. Make the choice. Don't walk in darkness anymore. Make the choice to walk in the light. If you see the light, you're not in darkness anymore. So walk in that light that you have. Don't walk in the darkness. You have that choice to make. You don't have to walk in darkness. Is anybody hearing me? You don't have to walk in darkness anymore because you've got the light that is there in your life. Oh, man, and I'd like to stop here and just preach a little while about personal righteousness and holiness and how we, we oh, man, we, we just in, embrace this. This is just so awesome on Sunday mornings, right? Oh, man, this, this light that we're just in to just feel the presence and the power and the strength and, and the encouragement and, and, man, just everybody's encouraging one another and all of that. But then, man, the rest of the week's tough. It's because we don't sometimes walk the same way on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday like we walk on Sunday. And we choose other things. We choose to look at other things and fill our lives with other things and surround ourselves with other things and wonder why in the world it feels different on Friday than it felt on Sunday because we're no longer walking. Choose to walk in the light because you don't have to walk in the darkness anymore. You don't have to. And the, and, and the miracle of that is because there is power in light. You know, I know light illuminates, right? But, but by definition, light is energy. Did you know that? So there is power in light. Light is energy. So there is power in light. John chapter 1, we read this a few moments ago in the middle of all those verses, right? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. All right. I, I, I got two truths right here for you, okay? about this and man I've shared this so many times is, is the first one is this darkness can never overcome light because darkness is not a thing darkness is not a thing darkness is the absence of light it is not a thing in and of itself you know they say that the the the, the only place of total darkness on the earth is where anybody in the earth you got to get under the ground to get in a place of total darkness, you know. But if you go in, if you go under the ground in a place of total darkness, you take a, uh, you know, a big five-gallon bucket, you know, and you go down there and, and you gather up some darkness and you put the lid on it and you bring it up, you know, and you stand out in the middle of the sunshine. If you open that bucket, you don't bring any darkness into the into the the yard that day. You don't bring any darkness into that, right? I mean, that's silly. That's foolish. Why? Because darkness is not a thing. It is only the absence of light. But you know what you can do? You can go down under the ground where it's total darkness, and you can strike one match. You can, you can carry one flashlight. <laughs> you can hold just one candle and all of a sudden, you can see every face around you. And you know what? 
that one candle or that one match or that one flashlight, it doesn't matter how strong. And if that darkness in, in the earth tried to get stronger and stronger, it wouldn't matter because all the darkness in the world cannot take the light away from just one candle because darkness is not a thing. It is only the absence of light. So light shines in darkness, and darkness can never overcome it because light is powerful. And so all the darkness in your life and all the darkness in our world cannot overcome the light. And we need to, we need to remember that the light has come into the world, but that now you and I, we're, each, we're all the ones who shine his light and take his light and spread his light and give his light. We're his, we're his mirrors. We, we, we shine forth his light in our lives every day. And the more we do that, the more darkness is dispelled. You say, you, you got to take it this way. Is God understands all these things about dark and light, right? He created them, right? And God chose to call his son the light because he says this describes what he's going to do in the world. He is going to bring illumination and bring power that is going to dispel the darkness of this world, the evil of this world. That's the way God chose to do that. So, so whatever you're walking through and dealing with, you understand that the light is more powerful than any of that. But I remember, what, 1974, Bachman-Turner Overdrive? They said, you ain't seen... Okay, some of y'all as old as me. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. The light that has shined in your life is just the beginning of what he wants to do. See, here, here's, here's one of our problems with, you know, with, with preaching sometimes is, oh, I want to preach to you individuals, you guys that are struggling with things, you know, and all that. But, you know, if I'm not careful, you guys are going to just grab just enough for you and not grab the whole thing. You need to grab the whole thing, okay? Because if you're just trying to grab enough for you, it's going to be gone by tomorrow afternoon. But if you grab the whole thing, it'll be with you till you get back here next Sunday. It'll be with you till you get to grow group. It'll be with you the next time you end up at the funeral home. It'll be with you the next time you're laying on the bed in the ER if you grab the whole thing. So grab this whole thing, okay? The light that has begun to shine in your life is just the beginning of what he wants the light to do. His, Jesus' mission is not fully complete yet. He's coming back. You know, and I was I was reading something, um, I was reading something on Advent not too long ago, and how how some churches remember Advent this way: it's four weeks, or the, you know, it's like or four Sundays. It's not always four full weeks, but it's four Sundays. And and some churches they 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 recognize Advent the first two weeks of looking forward to the coming of Jesus, like looking for uh, of his birth, but then the last two they use to remember that he is coming again. From this point, that we're still looking forward to him coming again. That this isn't over with. There is so much more that the light wants to do than just light up your little problem. But if you will get all of this, it will light up your little problem too. You say, here, here, here's the way. You, we were promised help in Genesis. And there's the verse. If you go to the sermon notes, the, all the links are right there, okay? And you can look at those verses and you can check up on me and see if I'm right, okay? All right, we were promised help in Genesis. Isaiah described that promise later. He described it as a great light 
He just, that's how he described this, this help that we're going to get. And then one night in a stable in a little dusty town called Bethlehem, a little bit, a little flicker of that light began to shine. And a few people saw it, just a few people that could testify that now it's here. And then John the Baptist, he began to testify of that light. And he reminded us of the promise that this light was coming to all those who walked in the darkness, but this light was hated. It was despised. Why? Because light illuminates, and we've all got things that we'd like to stay in the dark, right? We've got things in our past that we don't ever want illuminated, and so people hated the light. They hated it in his day. They hate it today. Look around you. Listen to people talk. They don't like the light because it illuminates our sin, but this light showed us the way to grace and forgiveness and hope and eternal life because of this light and Jesus will one day that, that, other, that next coming that's coming he will one day replace all of our substitutes that we have in our life because he is the true light he is our true hope he is our true peace he is true love and if you embrace all you gotta embrace all of that you can't just come get a little bit you know I just need a little light today because no you got to embrace all that because when you do and realize all that he wants to be in this world and he wants to be it through us this is how he's gonna do it and so if the world is becoming a darker place it's not because Jesus light has lost any of its power but maybe it's because we aren't shining as bright anymore let us purpose ourselves and repurpose ourselves this Christmas season to be the light oh God convict me when I get so angry at somebody for cutting me off in traffic or somebody driving the left lane not using their their cruise control God please convict me for my attitude of someone who is parked crossways in the aisle at Walmart you know it's, God convict me for my attitude toward the waitress when I don't know what she would been dealing with all day long I don't know how bad the boss is treating her in the back God convict me Lord when I make all of this light all about me because the great light that died on the cross of Calvary that rose on the third Sunday that we the third day the, the Sunday we call Easter and that is coming back for us that great light didn't die just for me but for everybody around me God, convict us in this. God, and help us remember. Help us remember. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.